0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 34, 27-35, called With Unveiled Faces.
1: So Ananias shows up and he says... Brother Saul calls him brother. The Lord who appeared to you on the road and sent me over to you. And he prays for Saul. Get this. And something like scales fell from his eyes. Saul, who became Paul, had a veil over his heart. He's gonna talk about that in 2 Corinthians chapter three. And that veil fell When he turned to the Lord, and that's what happens whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil falls. See, in Luke 24, when Jesus is talking to the uh, disciples, it says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. There's a way of seeing, a way where the light impacts that's different uh, some of you read the Bible before, and you're like, I can't make heads or tails of this. I have no idea what's going on here. And then all of a sudden, something happened to you. Like scales fell off your eyes. And you begin to see it. Well, Moses comes down, and he's shining. The people are fearful. And let's just take a look. Uh, they were afraid to come near to him. This We're picking up in verse 31. Back in Exodus 34, Moses called to them Aaron. Aaron needed some uh, time, right? Almost like Peter in the New Testament, Aaron needed to be restored. Aaron, all the rulers in the congregation returned to him. There's a key word, brethren. They returned. That's the idea of repentance right there. They returned to him Remember they had said previously, as to this Moses, we don't know what happened to him. He walked into fire. People don't walk into fire and come out. After all, and it's been 40 days. Where is the dude? Well, here he is. And he's shining. And the people returned to him. And Moses spoke to them, 32. And afterward, all the sons of Israel, now here's you know what we would say represents the nation now, came near. And he commanded them to do everything that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. Remember, he didn't have a chance to speak what what he had been told because when he came down with the law, what were they doing? (laughs) They were involved in breaking commandments and he smashed the commands. So now he's coming down. It's take two. Didn't go very well on take one. Take two. Here he comes again. Now they're more receptive. Now they turned Return to him. Some of you need to do that tonight. You need to turn back to the Lord. Return. Do the works that you did at first. So when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Why? Well, we know he was shining and we know they were afraid. And some people have said, well, maybe Moses was a bit timid or self-conscious, or he didn't want them to see the glory fading away. Those are all conjectures. Some of them are based on some evidence. But I think here's one possibility. Moses knew they were afraid. And there are some scholars that believe that Moses veiled himself to keep judgment away from the people. Because remember the glory of God, when you look upon, no one can see my face and live, and there were all kinds of warnings about don't let people touch the mountain, don't let them get too close, and there, there's one view, I'm just throwing it out, I'm not gonna be dogmatic on it, that it was an act of mercy, that the veil was an act of mercy. Now, you might be asking, now wait a minute, Moses lived a lot longer, so are you telling me that in everyday life this dude walked around with a veil over his face for... The rest of his days, I don't think so. I think the veil over his face became the veil in the tabernacle, separating the holy place from the holy of holies. That's just my point of view. But it would be weird, you know, for Moses to be walking through the camp for the rest of his days in everyday life, and a little kid would say, Mommy, why is Moses always wearing a mask? But in our world, it shouldn't surprise any of us. And I'll leave that alone for now. Ed Dennett says, quote, because the very glory that shone upon Moses' face searched their hearts and consciences, being what they were sinners and unable of themselves to meet even the smallest requirement of the covenant, which had now been inaugurated, the glory which they thus beheld on the face of Moses was the expression to them of the holiness of God. They were therefore afraid because they knew in their inmost souls they could not stand before him from whose presence Moses had come, close quote. In other words, there's a view among some scholars that this veil was an act of mercy because if the people looked too long upon the holiness, glory, perhaps judgment might break out. That's one view. I won't be dogmatic on it. But here's the, this rounds out the picture. Whenever Moses 34 went in before the Lord to speak with him in the tent of meeting, he would take off the veil until he came out. So obviously he's going in to meet with the Lord. Veil comes off. Whenever he came out and spoke to the sons of Israel, what he had been commanded. So he spends that time with the Lord. The sons of Israel would see the face of Moses. So he didn't come out and put the veil on immediately. He would come out, share the commands, whatever the Lord told him, they would see the skin of Moses' face shown. And so Moses then, at some point, I think after the talk or the command, would replace the veil over his face until he went in to speak with him. And again, how long this went on, I think maybe uh, until the tabernacle is constructed. That's my conjecture, but I don't know for sure. And we're gonna finish in 2 Corinthians 3. This is the commentary on Exodus chapters 32 through 34, 2 Corinthians 3. We'll spend a little time um, just expositing a few of these ideas and we're done. 2 Corinthians 3. So whenever you're asking questions about difficult texts, one of the things that you want to do as a student of the Bible is to see if there's any commentary in the Bible on that passage. (laughs) Amen? Very simple approach. Does the Bible say anything about this text that would explain it? Because then I know it's authoritative. If I'm going to commentators, I'm going to other resources, it's people's perspectives. It may be well-reasoned, but you get the point. But if I've got a passage on it, then this will help. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we have a comparison between the Old and New Covenant. And this is verse 6. Paul's saying, now, God has made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Contrast between the old covenant, you could say the the law given at Sinai, uh, and then the new covenant in Jesus. He's made us adequate as servants of the new covenant, not of the letter. The letter speaks of the law, not of the Bible. Just a side note, the letter here is not... Someone might say to you, you know what? I just kind of go with the flow and how I feel about things and how the Holy Spirit's leading me. And if the Bible's going to correct me on something, well, that's just the letter. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. The letter here is the law, the old covenant. The letter that's being written here is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if someone says to you, well, that's just the letter, man, we ain't going to worry about the letter. I'm feeling this today. What if the Bible says you ought not to be doing that? But I feel that's the letter. <laughs> no, wait a minute. The letter is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Bible does correct us. We don't correct it. So don't buy that whole nonsense. The letter. <laughs> that's right. The guy is, he's writing the letter. He's talking about the the old covenant here because people didn't have the power to fulfill it. See, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but what happens? The spirit, and you can think of here, the spirit as the new covenant idea gives life. We could not fulfill the law. The law was a schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. Now he's going to Make some comparisons between the old covenant and the new. From the lesser to the greater, notice. But if the ministry of death, 3-7, in letters engraved on stone, so we can see what he's talking about, came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was. If you have a new King James, it says, which glory was passing away If you have an ESV, it says which was being brought to an end. Right now, here's where the whole debate lies. The the word for fading, as it was in the New American Standard, is a Greek word called katargeo, and it means to abolish, to cease, to destroy, to render idle. Here's one uh, scholar. The verb means to nullify, to get rid of, to terminate, to render ineffective. And the nuance is much stronger than fade or fading. Hence, the glory on Moses' face is transient or transitory glory. Not because its glow gradually diminishes like a flashlight whose battery is running low, but because it has now forever been eclipsed and removed by the glory of the ministry of the new covenant. So that's where the debate lies. Was it fading or was it an act of mercy that he put the veil on? And there's conjecture on the Greek word here. But here's what we know. The old covenant got supplanted by the new covenant, which the writer of Hebrews says is a better covenant. Why is it better? Because it doesn't depend on me. Amen? That's what makes it better. You know who it depends on? Jesus. And he already fulfilled it. Thus, I'm in good standing because of the merits of Christ.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's teachings. 19 chapters later! We know sometimes you hear Pastor Michael mention slides or give other demonstrations, and we have made sure you have access to all the videos from his Sunday sermons. The modern application could be the power of the sword with, for example, a police officer. Watching the videos can also be a good way to see how animated Pastor Michael can be. Even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it. And Lord, one more thing, not my will. You can watch the video from today's teaching when you visit walkintruth.com. We also live stream one of our Sunday morning services. Pastor Michael believes fellowship is important, so he prefers you attend your church on Sunday mornings. Or you can visit our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California.
1: Before we jump into it, would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the youth upstairs enjoying a little bit of a party and celebration.
2: But Pastor Michael understands some circumstances make it difficult to attend church services in person. So, you are invited to watch our 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time service. God is not caught by surprise. A golden calf, I can't believe it! Moses may have been,
1: God was not.
2: To watch Pastor Michael's teachings live, hear the worship music and fellowship from where you are, follow our YouTube channel. You can find the link and information on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com Jesus is coming again.
1: Do you believe it?
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The Old Covenant got supplanted by the New covenant,
1: which the writer of Hebrews says is a better covenant. Why is it better? Because it doesn't depend on me. Amen? That's what makes it better. You know who it depends on? Jesus. And he already fulfilled it. Thus, I'm in good standing because of the merits of Christ. And therefore, the uh, veil. If you will, doesn't have to reside anymore. I can come into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. Amen? So, how shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even with more glory or to be even more with glory? It won't fail because it's dependent upon the finished work of Christ and the new covenant and being born again in the Holy Spirit. For if the ministry of condemnation, that's the Sinai covenant, has glory, and it did, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. Notice the repetition of the word glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory on account of the glory that surpasses it or eclipses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory having therefore such a hope, we use great boldness of speech and are not as Moses, who used to put a veil over his face, 13, that the sons of Israel might not look intently, here's an insight, they might not stare or gaze at him at the end of what was fading away. The ESV puts it this way, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. We know that, the Old Covenant was going to be supplanted. That's the idea. Eclipsed. But their minds were hardened for until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil, now the metaphor switches to a veil over their heart, remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, first five books, including Exodus, A veil lies where? Over their heart. There's a veil that remains over people's hearts. Specifically here, we're thinking of Jewish people, but it would widen out to anybody. They hear the Bible. They hear Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. And we're like, that's the Messiah. He's all over the place here. Don't they see it? And they don't see it. Why don't they see it? Because a veil lies over their heart. What's the cause of the veil? Depends on your view of soteriology. (laughs) Some people say it's there because the Lord put a veil and it's not going to be removed until the Lord takes the veil away. And then other people say, no, the veil is removed when one turns to the Lord. And some people say, it depends on man. And others say, no, it's all on God. And then other people say, no, it's somewhere in the middle. I choose that somewhere in the middle view. But whenever a man does what? What? or a woman turns to the Lord, what happens? The veil, you can imagine the apostle Paul here, when the scales fell from his eyes, whenever one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen? But we all with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Right now, we see in a mirror dimly, then face to face. 1 Corinthians 13. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Here's another translation, NIV. And we, with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness, With ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Here's the deal. The glory of the new covenant will never be abolished. It will always be increasing. It will always be going from one degree of glory to another. You can keep growing. You can keep getting more light. You can keep becoming more like Jesus. You know why? Because the new covenant's not dependent upon you, but him, and the work is finished, and now it's all about sanctification. And the more you spend time in his glorious presence, the more you will go from one degree of glory to another. Has it been happening in your life? You're not the person that you used to be. Now, you may not be exactly where you want to be right now, but you ain't the person, I hope you ain't the person you used to be, Do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember how much you knew the baggage you carried into that relationship? And you received the new covenant based upon the finished work of Christ, the blood of Jesus, and you were born again to a living hope. And now God's been doing a work from one degree of glory to another ever increasing glory and sometimes we don't even realize what he's doing in our life and somebody says boy you're kind of shiny today can i put on my sunglasses and you say you can do that if you want but i've got some good news for you there's a light there's a light that brings hope and life do you want to know more about it and this is what is happening in the greater covenant the new covenant father Thank you that the righteous one day will shine like the stars of heaven in the kingdom of our father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Oh God, thank you for the new covenant in Jesus. It is a better covenant with better promises. The old covenant was good. It was filled with glory because you are glorious. And it was certainly the law came from you. The problem wasn't the law. The problem was me. And so what the law couldn't do, you did, in sending your own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was perfect, without sin, without defect, the spotless Lamb of God. He fulfilled the law. He laid down his life as that spotless lamb, purchased us, purchased his bride with his blood, and now we're in the kingdom of God and the glory of is becoming more and more ours. And it's not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him. We will see him just as he is. Now we see in a mirror dimly. We don't see the full picture. It's not all crystal clear to us. Then, face to face. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord
0: forever. Amen. You've been listening to With Unveiled Faces, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 34, 27 through 35. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or parts one or two, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, we'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from today's teaching or maybe from a previous teaching, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Hey, maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you personally. You can always email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, and thanks for reaching out. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: You know, the book of first Corinthians chapter 13, beautifully after the great section on love talks about that with unveiled face, uh, we will see him or we will see him. The book of revelation says face to face, the veil will be gone. You know, this, this world that dims some of our vision to spiritual things, this fallen world, and even our own humanity. Um, the, the things that are veiled now will be clear on that day, and we will see His face. What a beautiful, beautiful future we have ahead of us. And that's why we want to share the good news with all who will listen, because one day that curse will be fully done away with. It's already been defeated. We just wait now for the final um, reality of our redemption, the already not yet reality to our redemption. It's paid in full. We're just waiting for the full realization, which will be a new heaven and a new earth and new bodies, and the fullness of our redemption will be realized, and we will see our God, and He will illumine everything. Who knows what it will all look like, but I'll tell you, it's going to be beautiful. All the veils, all the things that skewed and were seen dimly will be in full view then. And how beautiful, what a wonderful promise. A day of reunion. If you've lost a loved one, and maybe this last year you did, maybe in the last few weeks or months you did, a beautiful hope of a reunion day coming at the table of our God. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Man, what a beautiful promise. And that's the reality for all of those who, who are in, all of us who are in Christ Jesus. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and I pray that you're being encouraged in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, if you need to talk to a pastor, we have a number available. Several of our, many of our listening, uh, I should say several of our listening audience does take... Advantage, our listening family, 844-48-TRUTH to get some spiritual input, to get some prayer, 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday Pacific time, about 9 to 4, 844-48-TRUTH. Well, we'll be looking at a uh, final message as we move to Exodus chapter 40, the glory in the tabernacle. We're going to be closing the book on the book of Exodus and making a transition here soon, but we'll be jumping ahead to chapter 40 as we look at the glory in the tabernacle. So join us and we'll see you right here. God bless you.
0: If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the behind the scenes work for this ministry please consider becoming a walk in truth partner for only $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give that's walkintruth.com and join us tomorrow for pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 40 called the glory in the tabernacle. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to walk in truth where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.